grab your bulletin here. And I want you to, just on the very top, I'm going to read this verse together. Let's read it out loud together, um, this 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. Now there are various kinds of gifts, but the same Ruach. There are various kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are various kinds of working, but the same God who works all things in all people. But to each person is given the manifestation of the Ruach for the benefit of all. Amen. Amen. I wanted to start that with that verse. It's a perfect verse to begin with because we're going to go back into the gifts of the Spirit today, if only for one week, because we've got some guest speakers in the next few weeks, so um, I'm not asking them to speak on that. I'm going to uh, allow the Lord to speak with them through uh, what, what He is leading them to do. Um, so we last touched on this back in April. Um, primarily, though, I was teaching on this back in February and March time frame where I spoke more regularly on this. So if you missed any of previous teachings on the gifts of the Spirit, would encourage you to go back to those um, and find those, um, because this is a, a series that is meant to build us up in the, in the understanding of the indwelling of the Spirit and the manifestation of those, how they should be regularly manifesting themselves in both our congregation's life and in our individual lives. Today we're going to be looking at a gift that some people might consider to be semi-controversial, uh, that is the gift or function of apostles. The gift or function of apostles. And uh, so my goal today is to go through what the Bible says about apostles and why we have them and how God uses them to build up us as a body. Now, when I say the word apostle, what does that make you think of? What's that? The original 12? You think of the, those who wrote the Gospels, okay? Matthew, the Gospels, the Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What did you say, Bob? Students, Students. okay. Alan? Those who are sent. Those who are sent. It's good, because he's going right to the definition. Jack? 12 the 12, 12 tribes, the 12 apostles. Revelation. Yes, that's good. Any others? Prophets? Okay. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of different connotations that people have with apostles. Sometimes, um, depending on your experience and where you grew up, or maybe a, a denomination if you've been experienced it, they have people called apostles in their denomination. Um, they, maybe they have that title, even. So uh, people can have different experiences and understandings of what apostle is. Um, why it would, do you think it's important that we talk about apostles, though? From, from the pulpit. Why, why should I share about them with you? Because they're a leadership position. That's right. There's something that Scripture talks about. Alan? Make disciples, make apostles. We are, if you didn't hear Alan, he said we're supposed to lead, guide, coach, and make apostles, making disciples. Um, what I would say to you guys, a short answer for why, is that apostles are a part of God's kingdom plan. They're a part of his kingdom order that he has designated. Uh, one of our primary passages in this, in, in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 33, tells us that God is a God, not, of, not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. Okay? The God of peace. And it 
and he's talking about, of course, describing the assembly of believers in that, in that context. But throughout Scripture, we see that God peacefully ordered design within his person and his creation. God himself, he's the triunity of a father, a son, and the spirit. Three individual persons, but one God that's really just kind of blows the, our mind as far as human comprehension goes. He created an orderly universe with intricately detailed orderly design. And he created people, too. He created mankind in his own image, it says in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. We continue on through the Torah, we see that God gave order to Israel, right? When he brought them out of Egypt, they were kind of a chaotic mass that he organized. He made them orderly, and he gave them his instructions to, to help them know how to live by in, in order. He gave them specific designs for things like the tabernacle, right? He, he puts things in order. He gave order to relationships in Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6. He put Messiah over husbands, husbands over wives, and parents over children. And he commanded us to submit to one another in love and to nourish and cherish each other as Messiah does his community. He puts things in order. And he gave order to the community as well. He gave a structure of dependence. He gave a servant structure where there's people that are serving in the community, uh, modeling after the, the service of our Messiah Yeshua. He gave that to us. He created this, this model of dependence, not independence, but dependence on God above all and on one another. He gave us deacons. He gave us elders in our, in our local congregations. And, and in Ephesians 4, he gave us people with giftings of roles of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. He gave us these things as gifted roles to bring order to his body that exists, and they exist, it says in Ephesians 4, to build us up in maturity, in the maturity of the faith. So it's really critical that as we mature, for us to mature in our faith in Messiah Yeshua, that we grasp God's orderly design in his kingdom plan, and that includes apostolic gifting. So it's important for us to understand this. So, I told you I'd talk about the original language, like I always try and do. The word apostle comes from the Greek word apostolos. Okay, so there's your Greek introduction. I don't have a Greek class to send you to, unfortunately. Um, but that Greek word has a secular meaning to it, just like all Greek words do. They have a secular meaning that also has a spiritual meaning. This, the secular meaning, as Alan already pointed out, is something that is sent. An apostle is something or someone sent. That's, that's the basic definition, but it, it was primarily used in ancient times to talk about shipping vessels, like in the sea, in the, in the ocean, okay? That they were sent. You shipped something. You, it, that, that item that you shipped, or that group of ships, or that ship was called an apostle, or it was something of that, that form of that word. And later, it was actually meant to refer to something like a bill or an invoice or even a passport. Those are, those are ways that that was used. It's very common usages of them. But one, one thing you can think of is our postal system. If you want something to relate to in our modern language, our postal system, we send something through the mail through a postal system, right? It's an apostle. That's where it came from. It, it came from the same word in Greek, apostolos. That's where postal system comes from. We, we send something. 
It's derived from Greek. Our English language is in, in this particular word. We, that's what we use it for. So that's kind of a connection for us where this word comes from, this apostle. All right, I know. It's like, oh, holy cow. I even think of a postal system. Yeah, we send it through the post. Um, this is, and, and this is one of those words, this, this word apostle, uh, we don't really see this much in the Tanakh, okay? Uh, in fact, um, in the Septuagint, in the Greek Septuagint, it's only used one time in the whole Greek Septuagint, and that's referring to the prophet Ahijah in 1 Kings 14.6, where it says there that he has been sent with a message, in this case, with a difficult message, but he's been sent with a message. So it calls him, it refers to him as apostolos in that, in that Greek Septuagint there. Now, if you flip it and say, okay, well, let's look at that passage in the Hebrew, we see a Hebrew word that is much, much more common. And that word is shalak or shaliach. Okay? So shalak or shaliach. Um, and the Hebrew has an interesting nuance to it that I want to focus on for a minute, because um, it, it, it's more than just being sent. The, the idea of it, um, you can think of it like in, in, in Isaiah 6, 8, okay? In Isaiah 6, 8, uh, Isaiah is, is in the presence of the Lord, and it says, Then I heard the voice of Adonai saying to me, Whom should I send? And he's using a form of the word shalak or shaliak there. Whom should I send? Who will go for us? And so, and Isaiah responded, it says, So I said, Hineni, send me. He's, he's offering to be sent. But the, the nuance of this usage in Hebrew of shalak or shaliak in Hebrew is that the importance is not on the one being sent or what is being sent, but the importance is the sender. In Hebrew, the important point is the sender. That's the focus of it, is who is sending? Adonai was sending Isaiah. In 1 Kings 14, in Ahijah's case, his, in his case, Adonai, the Lord was sending Ahijah. He was a shaliach for the Lord. He was sent by God with a special message. And so this idea, okay, so the Greek... Uh, the, the, the Jewish sages who translated the Greek Septuagint, they had this idea of apostolos already, this, this sent one, tra- transferring it from a secular definition to a theological definition of one who is sent on behalf of God. Okay, So this is this idea of apostolos and shiliach that continued into the time of Yeshua, into the, to the time of the apostles. And and we see this within Judaism. For instance, the Sanhedrin in the time of Yeshua, they would send rabbis out as shaliach into the diaspora in order to represent them, sort of like ambassadors. They would send them out as, as ambassadors to represent them as if the rabbis themselves went. And they would send them out with a message. Um, they would, they'd send them out to regulate the calendar, to announce the beginnings of a new month. Um, so they would send them out to collect financial aid for the scribes in Jerusalem. There's things that they would do. They would send out shaliach, sending them to do. So it was, it was a common usage in the time of Yeshua. And, and when Paul, Saul, went to Damascus carrying letters of accreditation from the Jerusalem authorities, he was being sent shaliach to Damascus with a message. 
and an authority to do something, to act on behalf of the leaders in Jerusalem. He was already a shaliach in a way, okay? Uh, not in a way that uh, the same as what we're going to talk about later with, um, like, the original 12, okay? But he was that. And the important thing to note here is that it's, it's not really just a role, okay? But in the Hebrew, the, the shaliach refers to the function of the person, okay? So the, the fact that they operate as a person who is sent, okay? It's not a, a status, for them, or a title, or an office holder, necessarily, but a function. Like, a, the gifting is a function. They operate in the function of a shaliach, the one who is sent, the one who has that message, okay? So, that's kind of the, the beginning. I just wanted to kind of blow that in there with the, the original languages, okay? Get in there and just describe and tie together the Greek concept, the Hebrew concept of apostle, the Greek concept of apostle, the Hebrew concepts of shaliach, they're, they're the same thing. I can use them interchangeably here, the way they're used here. Um, you may also see words like emissary in your scripture. That's also another one that means the same thing. Um, so keeping all of that in mind now, all right? Some people mentioned the original 12 as their idea of what the apostles were, right? Um, so the original 12 apostles of Yeshua, these men who walked with Yeshua for years, they, they received instruction from him, private instruction. They built relationship with him. They witnessed miracles that he did. They witnessed his, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. They were witnesses to that. And, and we can see that one time, Yeshua sent them out. He, he sent them as messengers. And if you go with me to Luke chapter 9, let's, we're going to start there. This is going to be our first passage to go to today. Luke chapter 9. I'm going to read 1 through 6. It says, Now, when Yeshua called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for the journey, no walking stick, no travel bag, no bread, no money, nor, nor even to have two shirts. Whatever house you enter, stay there and depart from there. And whoever does not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and began traveling throughout the villages, proclaiming the good news and healing everywhere. So what do we see there? What did the apostles do? What were they sent to do? What do you say? Proclaim and heal. Proclaiming what? The, the kingdom, the good news, right? That's their job. That's, that, that was their mission. They were ambassadors in that sense. They were doing that sending role, right? He gave them power and authority to do it as well. He was. You're right. Yeah, he pointed out that Judas was included as well. And they, they were sent to do that. And, and in the next chapter, in Luke 10, if you go to the next chapter, Yeshua sent out not just the 12, but he sent out 70. He sent them out two by two, right? He sent out the 70 two by two, again with this message of the good news of the kingdom. 
And, and in, that, in, in chapter 10, verse 16, he says to them, The one who listens to you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. Now, what does that sound like to you from a, a point of a representation, right? If, if, if someone said to me, to send me out and said that the one who hears you hears me, I feel like I have this representation authority, right? Yeah, Alan. That's right. He did. They, they, they had that power and authority because he gave, them to, gave that to them. He, he ordained them in that sense. He sent them with a specific purpose, and they were representing him completely, representing Yeshua fully and completely. Um, and that's the idea, that it's not just the, the job of an apostle, in this case, or the one who is sent, of a shileah, was not just merely to, to pass on a message, Okay, you know, like a postal service worker, they can just deliver the mail. Okay, all their job is just delivering the mail. Right, this is a person who's fully representing. It's more than just delivering the mail. It's more than just passing on a message. You are fully representing this very person, Yeshua. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about, yeah, that's true, that's true, thank you, Les. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so, all that kind of setting up this idea, I said earlier, though, that apostle and shiliac doesn't really have to do with status, but with function, okay? Um, it's true in the general sense of the word, but those original apostles, they did have a special status, okay? They did. That is true, they did. Um, and some people differentiate that special status by calling them or, capital A apostles, okay? Capital A apostles, those who are given this distinction by Yeshua as opposed to little a, lowercase a apostles, who had the, I'll say, the ordinary function of someone who was sent, okay? So, with the 12 apostles, they were given a unique status by Yeshua. It says that in Matthew 19.28. In Matthew 19.28, in response to Peter telling Yeshua, Peter said to him, he said, Look, we've left everything to follow you, and what will we have? And so Yeshua said to them, Amen, I tell you, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne in the new world, you who have followed me shall sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. He gave them a special status, okay? They, these weren't just ordinary apostles. They weren't just, they didn't have just an ordinary role. They had a special status. And, and we also know in Revelation 21, 14, in John's vision, he, he is, uh, has a vision of the New Jerusalem, and he says, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And so I really imagine that it's, 
because of this understanding of their special status, the special, the special unique status here, that, that Peter and the others, they found it important to replace Judas. I think it's because of that special status that they had a, there was a real importance to replace Judas when they, when they selected Matt, Matthias, right, in, in Acts chapter 1, uh, when they selected him. If we were to study that, what we would see is that the qualifications weren't merely of someone who is sent, but this was more of a qualifications of a capital A apostle, someone who had who was witness, who bore witness to the life and ministry the resu- and the death and resurrection of Yeshua. That was, that was the qualifications that were laid out there for those who were put forth as a, as a replacement for Judas, and, and thus the Lord selected Matthias as one. Now, right after that event, what happened? It was Shavuot, right? That, they were gathered in Jerusalem together. They had Shavuot there was many, the, the, of course, many gathered. The gifting of the Ruach came upon them. But that unique status of those 12 didn't just go away at that time. It, it remained intact after that event. But it, it was also not passed on to other people either. They had a unique status as those who were witnesses to Yeshua's life, to his death and his resurrection. So... Those were the 12, right? The, the capital A apostles. So what do we do with people like Saul, Paul? What do we do with people like Jacob or James? They're also called apostles. Now, Paul, Saul, he did not walk with Yeshua in his ministry. In, in, in that, But we know that he was witness to Yeshua in the sense of a special revelation on the road to Damascus. And he was accepted by those other apostles, those other disciples, as a capital A apostle. So he's kind of in that middle of, if you go to the next slide there, of this Venn diagram. There we go. So we've got like Saul or Paul and Jacob or James kind of in the middle of a Venn diagram of the apostles, the capital A apostles, and then you've got some others on the other side that don't have that capital A status, as such as the 12, okay? Um, for example, if you, go, if you read in Philippians 2.25, we read about a guy named Epaphroditus. Now, Epaphroditus in Ephesians 2.25, in the Greek it says that he is an apostolos. He, it's, that's what it says, but yet in, the, in, the, in our English translations, you probably will never see the word apostle used to talk about him there, in that word, because he was not a capital A apostle in that sense. He was a messenger. He, he, had, he was sent with a special message. Paul was referring to him, though, as apostolos. There's others who had a role, is the point, in that, in that way, or a function that, that was given. Um, in, in 2 Corinthians 8.23, Paul mentions Titus there as a partner and a worker and goes on to name some unnamed brothers as apostolos in Greek. He, he, he uses that word again. Again, it's translated in the English as messengers so as not to confuse us in the same role as apostles in the sense of the, those who were of those original 12. But we also see ones like Andronicus, Junia, mentioned in, there on the screen. That's in, in Romans uh, 16.7, <clears throat> similarly to Philippians and 2 Corinthians. But in Acts 14.14, 14, 
there is an interesting uh, text there that I want us to go to because it's kind of a bridge text in all of this. In Acts 14.14, Barnabas is actually called uh, an emissary or an apostle. And they actually use that word there, emissary or apostle, to talk about Barnabas and Paul in the same breath. Um, Now, both of them, right, it says, when the apostles or the emissaries, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole story and the context of that story, but just the idea that they were both mentioned at the same time and understand that they were both on the same mission doing the same thing being sent by the same spirit from the same congregation to other congregations. They were sent from Antioch. And yet one of them, Paul, also has a unique status as a capital A apostle, and Barnabas does not seem to have that same status. We don't, we don't see any other mention of it in Scripture. And so there seems to be some distinguishing between those who, are a, those who perform the function of apostle, or shaliah, and those who were also witnesses to Yeshua directly. And so... The way I would distinguish between those, and I call them a capital A apostle, those who were functioned as shaliach or those who are sent, and witnesses to Yeshua, and then those who, had, who were given that, that gifting by the Spirit, were given that gifting by the Spirit and functioned in that way, but were not necessarily witnesses to Yeshua directly. Okay, so that's, that's how I'm parsing between, I'm creating a separation of two different groups of people on purpose here to, to, to further our understanding of the role or the function of apostle as the, as the kingdom of God expands. Because there wasn't just the original 12, right? There were others beyond them as well who had that same function. Now, I want to I talk about what they do. We, we, we read a little bit earlier about the function of an apostle, but I want to go to Romans chapter 1 to really get into what is the purpose of an apostle. Paul is introducing himself, or Saul is introducing himself in this letter, <clears throat> and he says in chapter 1, verses 1 and 5, Paul a slave of Messiah Yeshua, called to be an apostle or an emissary, and set apart for the good news of God. And I'm going to skip down to verse 5. Through him we have received grace in the office of emissary or apostle to bring about obedience of faith among all the nations on behalf of his name. So, in verse 1 and verse 5, what we can see is the purpose of the function of apostle in the kingdom now. Okay? Someone who's set apart for the good news of God. Why? Again, we talked about the good news, and we, we saw that example of what they were doing when Yeshua sent them out with the good news. In this case, to bring about the obedience of the faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. I want to see that again set apart to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. That's the function of apostles. So when we think about that, bringing about obedience of the faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, 
One thing you notice there in that last part is that that's someone whose ministry or function is bigger than a single congregation. If, if you are a person who's, who's bringing this obedience to the faith, the good news of Messiah Yeshua to all the nations, you're not just operating in one congregation. You're not stationary, right? You're going places. You're being sent places. You're going to multiple congregations here. So an apostle or an emissary or a shaliach would be missional in nature. Disciple-making. You mentioned disciple-making earlier, Alan. They're focused on expanding the kingdom. They're, they're focused on this ministry that really goes along with the five-fold ministry that I mentioned earlier of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. They're those who are equipping the saints for the work of ministry, building up the body of Messiah. Let's, let's actually go there. Let's go to Ephesians 4. Let's just read that real quick. I think that's an important one for us to, to really um, focus on. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. Again, this is a passage where he's writing to the the body of Messiah in Ephesus, and he says, He himself gave some to be emissaries, some as prophets, some as proclaimers of the good news, some as shepherds, and some as teachers. Why? To equip the Kedeshim for the work of service for building up the body of Messiah. And he continues saying, this will continue until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of Ben Elohim, the Son of God, to mature adulthood and to the measure of the stature of Messiah's fullness. As a result, we are no longer to be like children tossed around by the waves and blown over by every wind of teaching, by the trickery of men with cunning and in deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all the ways into Messiah, who is the head. From him, the whole body is fitted together, and by every supporting ligament. The proper working of each individual part produces the body's growth for building itself up in love. Amen. Amen. So the apostles, the shiliach, they had a unique function. They're different okay, from someone who functions as a prophet. They're different from someone who is an evangelist. You may, you may not have that same role, that same gifting. They're different from someone who, who operates as a shepherd or an elder. That's what a shepherd is, the elder in the congregation, those who are shepherding the congregations. They're different from a teacher in a congregation. They have a different gifting, a different role. It's a unique role, but they have the same purpose, and that's building up the body of Messiah, making them mature, growing them in love. And uniquely, as I said, those who have an apostolic gifting, those who have an apostolic ministry, are doing so in multiple congregations. They're going places, okay? They're not stationary. They're not in one spot. And their, their goal is, again, to be equipping those that they, that those equi- those plant, equi- ugh, equipping those congregations that are already planted, or they're planting new congregations. We saw, we saw the examples, if we just read through the book of Acts and read all of Paul's missionary journeys, what was he doing? He was planting congregations, right? Then he would go back and visiting them, he was equipping them and then, or planting them, putting them in order, and then going back and equipping them, praying for them, telling them, you know, installing elders, uh, and, and, and visiting them and encouraging them, right? He's, he's building them up into maturity. And then he would go back and sometimes he would write letters to them. And that's where we have 
so many of the, uh, the epistles in the New Testament that he's writing to them. And in, in, in many of those epistles, what you'll see is Paul mentioning how much he is praying for the congregations, how much he loves them, his heart for them, and how he's crying out for them day and night. He has, he has such a heart and love for the people in those congregations, but it's, it's multiple congregations. And I will tell you that that is one of their functions. And it's one of the functions that, that our apostolic covering tacoon does for us. In fact, I received a phone call this morning from Rich Cleary in Kansas City. He's on the tacoon apostolic team. He is one who is uh, specifically dedicated to remnant of Israel, and he just called to pray with me. And he said, you know what? I, I want you to know that I am praying for remnant of Israel. I am praying every day for remnant of Israel. And this is what I'm praying for you today. And it was so encouraging to me. And I want you guys to know that so you can be encouraged too. You can know that we have those with apostolic covering who are praying for us as a congregation. Praying for us wholly as a congregation. And that's really important for us to continue to be built up. That's one of the functions of those with an apostolic ministry. And I want you to know that that function that we see, it continues today. You know, aside from Paul mentioning that in Ephesians 4 in the fivefold ministry, we also, as I said, this is a gift of the Spirit. We read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 earlier um, when we began, began the message, right? We, we, we talked about the, the general gifting right? The general gifts of the Spirit. But in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, that same chapter, talking about the gifts of the Spirit, he said, God has put into his community first emissaries or apostles or shaliach, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then healings, helps, leadership, various kinds of tongues. So he's listing these as things that God has put into the communities. Paul is, is saying that these are, these are more than just the original 12. He's put this gifting in the communities, and it continues to operate today. It continues well beyond the original 12. In fact, we have evidence of that outside of Scripture. If, if you were to look in the Didache, it says, Let every apostle who comes to you be received as to the Lord. Okay, this is written in that, gener that next generation after the original apostles died out. So there's, a, there's a, a writing from some of those early fathers who were saying, testifying to the presence of apostles in their congregations that were traveling, they were going places, they were encouraging them, doing the job of apostles. Again, they continued, not just then in that very next generation, but they continue today. Now, one thing to remember is that apostles are set apart by God, and they're set apart by those, and they're called by those in the congregation, okay? Um, they're not initiate. They, they, these are not people who are self-appointed, okay? An apostle is not self-appointed. Uh, they're not self-ordained. They're done so by a congregation. Um, they, are, they are sent with a specific purpose or to a specific area, to a specific group of congregations, and that's, their, that's where they have a level of servant oversight with those congregations. Um, and that's the, an example we see in Scripture. But some people today uh, use this title of apostle, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, they use it 
uh, as, a, as a title, Apostle so-and-so. Um, they, have, they use it for reputation and financial gain. Uh, it's this somewhat, you see it a little bit here in the States. You see it a lot in the continent of Africa. It's a little, in, some, in some of those areas, you'll see some people using that title differently there. Uh, sometimes for inappropriate gain. Uh, I would say that, that type of behavior, that's way outside the example of what we expect in Scripture. Uh, again, the apostles or Shuliak functioning today should function humbly alongside other leaders in this fivefold ministry, the, the, uh, the prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. But that's, their function is alongside of them in, in ministry to bring, out, bring about the maturity of the faith. It's, it's not to have some title. It's not to have some grand position. They, they have a, a, a way of serving humbly in their congregations to build them up. And, and that's really important for us. And, and so I want you guys to understand today that, as I mentioned, we are under an apostolic covering here at Remnant of Israel with Tikkun. And I want, I want to share with you a few ways that this impacts us as a congregation to be under an apostolic covering. I mentioned that I, I had a phone call with Rich this morning and he was praying for us. That's a, that's a way that, of course, that we're impacted. But it, it should, it, one of the, just the very basic ways, again, is this idea that I mentioned this earlier as I began my message is that because we're part of an apostolic ministry, we have an understanding that we're seeking to be part of God's kingdom as it is expressed in apostolic order, okay? Um, in the sense that, uh, you know, we're trying to order our congregational life according to the teachings of the apostles in Scripture, um, as they gave examples of congregational life, for example, in 1 Corinthians and the operating of the gift of the Spirit and how, they, how they're supposed to work and what we're supposed to do in, as we gather as congregations. We're trying to order ourselves in that way. Uh, we're trying to uh, be a part of, of establishing a five-fold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers that, that uh, can build us up. So one of them is just this idea and understanding of how we order ourselves, that when we're in an apostolic ministry. Um, and the second one is just that we, again, and I've kind of said this before, that we operate under apostolic leaders who we know are chosen by God and have been confirmed as, as overseers of congregations. So that's the first one, is that we operate within an apostolic order. That's one way that it impacts us. The second way that it impacts us is that, that we believe that, that remnant of Israel operates autonomously, but not independently. Autonomously, but not independently. And what I mean when I say that is that <clears throat> You know, congregations in the, in the New Testament, they were overseen by apostles. They, they acted as part of the governing authority of the congregations. Um, they brought correction to the congregations. And we don't have, you know, those capital A apostles today in the same way that, for example, Paul did to those congregations. But we have little A apostles today who still have a function of apostles of oversight of congregations. And so we have a what you would call it a moderate appropriation of this New Testament pattern where uh, Tacoon America has an apostolic team. Okay? They have an, a, a team of apostles or an apostolic team who operates in this way. And, and these individuals, they don't have veto power over us as a, as, as local, as a local congregation and as 
as local elders lead a congregation. They don't have any veto power in that sense. Um, the elders and, and those in the apostolic team really seek unity, but the elders in a, in a local congregation, uh, here, like here at Remnant of Israel, we have autonomy to lead here as the Spirit calls us. Because we may have a ministry here in Wichita that is different than in Kansas City or that's different you know, elsewhere in the U.S. That due to our specific situation and, and people that are here. Okay, so we have autonomy to lead in that sense, with, with one exception, and that is that the apostolic team of Takun will step in, they will intrude, and they should do this if there are situations where there is gross moral error, where there's gross sin, uh, gross doctrinal error, or things like that, okay? And so in, that, in those types of situations, uh, they, would, they would come into the congregation and the, they would intervene with the senior leaders, with the, with the congregation to weigh the issues that are happening. So that's one appropriate way that Takun uh, impacts us but, and, and that we are in their apostolic authority in that way. And the last way I want to share with you, the third way, is that we receive equipping, apostolic equipping, here at Remnant of Israel. Now, um, <clears throat> the elders, of course, as an elder, I'm supposed to be a leader here in the local congregations, but in, in any congregation, at times, uh, we need training, maybe the training that I am not an expert in. Uh, we need equipping that may, I may not be gifted in, or an expert in, um, or I might need gifting or training myself. I might need impartation myself or gifting or training or equipping myself that the apostolic team can come and offer. And really, this is consistent, again, with that idea of a five-fold ministry in, in Ephesians 4. We need training in all of them. We need apostles that maintain foundations. We need prophets that are going to come and give a prophetic anointing in the congregation to the members of, of Remnant of Israel, to the community, so that our lives are led by the Spirit. We need that in our community. We need evangelists that are going to have that witness of Messiah Yeshua, that are going to impart that, that are going to proclaim that. We need pastors in our community. We need shepherds, those who are going to, they're going to love the community in a way that is, that is gentle, like a shepherd is, but also correcting. And we need teachers who are going to proclaim and produce disciples who know the word of God and can teach others who can reproduce them. There is a, there is a separation of these giftings for a reason, because they all have unique roles that we need, and we need every one of them. Yet, if we don't have all of them in our community here, then we're called to invite those from outside who can help train and equip. And that's one of the reasons that, that uh, Ben Juster came earlier this year to help maintain our foundations, to check in on us, to see how we're doing. That's one of the reasons Dan Juster is coming next week, is, again, to check in on us, to see how we're doing, to make sure the foundations are good, a remnant of Israel, and, and to encourage us as a congregation. And, uh, and that's one reason why... Later this summer, in August, on August 19th, we're going to be receiving an equipping visit from Takoon. Uh, they're sending Sophia Rogers, who is really gifted in prophetic ministry, and she's going to spend the weekend with us, equipping us in prophetic ministry. And all of these are intended to train us and to equip us in the building of the kingdom here in Wichita. So... I really do hope, I'm going to wrap this up now, I hope that this has been 
helping your understanding of, of what an apostolic ministry is and how it continues on today and how it ties in with this fivefold ministry, this idea from Ephesians 4 of how God is using them to build up the kingdom in individual congregations. And the whole point of apostles being to bring obedience of the faith to the nations, the faith in Yeshua, how they are truly set apart and they are truly sent ones. That is really the literal definition. They are sent. Apostles, emissaries, they are sent. Shaliach, they are sent ones. Okay? And, and the idea is that they are ordained by the Spirit for the expansion of ministry, the kingdom expansion. Okay? They don't carry a special status today. Uh, they, don't, they don't have this capital A status. They're not writing scripture. Um, they're not, they're not you know, to be held lofty on high, right? but they are, they are humble servants within the body. That's, that's the description that Scripture gives us of apostles. Now, as I close, I want to go back to the Romans 1 slide that we had on there and just wrap up with this as a, uh, as a reminder. And the whole point, like if, if you missed all the nuance about the apostles and how they were developed and why they're still around today, okay, I want you to remember the reason they exist, okay? The point of an apostle is to spread the good news to the nations, to bring obedience to it everywhere. Okay, this aligns with the Great Commission. Okay, it's Matthew 28, right? To bring, to make, go to the, all the nations and make disciples. That's the point of, of them. And this is something that we need to embrace, we need to have embraced in our hearts. It's, this is the message of hope, right? This is the message of hope. This brings hope to the hopeless. You know, we who have lived, if we have lived through the tragedy and the ruin of sin, and we know what it's like to be healed through Messiah Yeshua, we know that's something that we have to proclaim. That Yeshua is the one who transforms. That is the good news, that he transforms us. That is the good news, that we can come out of the ruin of sin. We can come out of it. We can come out of it now. We can be healed now. We can live in freedom now. Live free, to, live free from the condemnation, the guilt of sin. We can live, live free from that. We can live our lives in the state of redemption now. Okay? This is not just good news about some future salvation in heaven. Okay? That's good. That is good news. Don't get me wrong. That's very good news because our lives here are this long in the scope of eternity. So it's very good news that we will be together with Yeshua eternally. But we can but eternity starts now. I think that was even mentioned in Torah study this morning, right? Our lives start now. Our our lives are here and they're now and we can live in freedom today. We can live and walk in the transforming power of the Spirit that helps us to overcome sin, overcome evil, and live at peace with one another. We can, we can have that gift today. So this is my invitation. If you're, if you're someone here who today has not accepted that free gift of grace, that gift of the redeeming power of Messiah Yeshua, that you can receive that today. And if you're someone here who has maybe just forgotten, like that's, that's our point, that's, you need to be reminded of that, then I'm calling you to return to the Lord. I am, I am begging you to return to the Lord today. 
This is a call to repent. This is a call to believe in the healing power of our Messiah Yeshua. Do you want to be healed? That's what he would constantly ask. Do you want to be healed? Do you believe that you can be healed? He will heal. He will transform us. He is the one who is ready to do that for you today. But we have to put ourselves in humble submission to his authority, to his grace, the grace of Yeshua. He's the king. He's the maker. So if that's you today, I'm eager to share more with you. We can talk afterwards, after service today. I'm available. I'm ready to talk. I want to do that. The door is open. I want to pray today for us. Lord, I just thank you for the gifting of your apostles. I thank you that you gave witness to those original 12, to Paul, to Jacob, to others, Lord, whom you sent. I thank you, Lord, that you have continued that role and that gifting today, Lord, and that you bring those to our congregation to encourage us, Lord. I pray that you would build us up, remnant of Israel, that you would build us up, Lord that you would make us whole to serve you, and that we could send from here, Lord. That we can send from here. That you would use us and just overflow us with abundance, like an overflowing cup of the fruit of the vine. And I pray, Lord, for those of us here who have not, do not yet know you, Lord, or who need to return to you, Lord, to return to your gift of the good news, Lord, of eternal salvation, Lord, of healing now and forever, Lord, that you would bring conviction to our hearts to do so today, and that you would not just bring conviction, Lord, but overwhelm us with the feeling, the knowledge, the, the sense, the presence of your grace running over us like oil, Lord. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen.